Hey guys, welcome back. Um, we have a winner for the Omnia Radiation Balancer six pack. That would be Eddie Flores. Uh, we have emailed you and we will be sending that out to you shortly. So congratulations on that. Um, and if you guys don't know what the Omnia Radiation Balancer is, it is a patch that you put on any radiating device that balances the frequency, harmonizes the frequency. Um, turns it into actually something that's turning out to be beneficial for your body. It's not an EMF blocker, but it literally harmonizes that frequency. And they have pendants now, which are amazing. I've been wearing mine every day. I really love it. Um, some people are claiming they feel energized uh, wearing it, uh, but it it's supposed to work with your energetic field and create a field that just protects you in general and not just the devices. So uh, it's really great stuff. Uh, we offer 10% off if you use our link below in the description with promo code TRUTH in all caps. And you guys know about our other uh, promo codes with um, Merlin's Lab. We offer 10% off of his Orgone Pyramids with promo code Journey to Truth, all caps. And Hopewell Farm CBD, you get 10% off all of their merchandise with promo code Journey to Truth 10. And all those links are below in the description. And our Teespring merchandise is 20% off with promo code 20 and back. That out of the way, today we are joined by Aaron Lynn, who is an Akashic Record researcher and galactic liaison, which I'm very interested to get into this topic. This is something that's come up a lot over the past um, in certain episodes, but we've never done an entire episode surrounding this topic. And she has some very inter interesting information uh, she wants to bring forward, and I'm excited to get into it. So welcome to the show, Aaron. Oh, thank you. Happy to be here. Thanks for having me. Actually, I was talking to the other Aaron. Uh, <laughs> oh, gosh, so this is going to go, right? Yeah, talking to me, actually. Right. <laughs> um, yeah. uh, so, um, yeah, I'm really excited to get into this topic. Uh, you know, obviously the Akashic Records it can be controversial sometimes because everyone has their own perception of what it is. So I just want to like a little disclaimer. This is your experience with it. And uh, it, some people, it's going to look different for certain people. And everyone has their own concept of what this is. But I think we're all tapping into the same similar uh, information. So would you mind introducing yourself, explain who you are, how you got into this, and then we'll get into the fun stuff. Sure. Um, well, my, again, my name is Erin Lynn. Um, I think I've always been psychically oriented or inclined my whole life. Um, but, you know, we're kind of told that that's not really real. And if you hear things and see things that aren't a tangible reality, then, of course, you know, it's it's not real. If we can't touch it, it's not real. Um, so um, I went through life kind of pushing those gifts away because it wasn't really useful for me. At that time, and then I decided to go into the sciences. So I uh, studied, you know, um, neuroscience and psychology because I'm very interested in doing deep dives into what makes us us and why you know, one person is different from another. And of course, that further was pushed away because that really didn't have any uh, space in my uh, educational and career trajectories. Um, but anyways, it had so many strange things happen to me that cannot be explained. I knew there was something else. So as life would have it, um, I kind of stopped doing the science stuff and I had to focus on something else for a while. And then I, at that point, I decided to finally kind of allow to develop my gifts. And then I was actually right away pushed into working in the Akashic Records. Um, so that's just kind of, it was almost a choice. It was just something that happened. 
Now, was this like uh, a concept you were aware of prior to like, did you know what the Akashic records were? Was this something you were tapping into this information and you later found out that it was the Akashic records? Um, no, I, I didn't. It wasn't like that. The first kind of um, psychic stuff I did was mostly with spirits, ghosts, that kind of stuff going into people's homes. Uh, so I had known of the Akashic records. I heard the term. I heard the term starseed before. But um, it wasn't something I was intimately familiar with. So as soon as I started meditating, I was brought to the Akashic Records almost immediately. Mm-hmm. And they showed me around. They showed me my record. They showed me my room while I'll be doing my work. Um, all that kind of good stuff. That is good stuff. And, and people, <laughs> I'm sure people have questions just like I do. So um, is this a physical place? Is this an etheric, energetic uh, library like what what is, is it both like what's your understanding of that to me I'm told that it both feels like a physical place it's a physical place it's kind of in the ether and um, anyone can access it uh, the books the records I actually see it's physical um, I cannot read the text within the books because uh, the soul records because it's uh, looks like it's in handwritten and it's like some weird language that I don't know so when I get my information, I'm asking my guides that are specifically there to grab the certain records that I need to read. And then I will ask questions and then they find the information and I get the information that way. So I'm not physically reading a book, but I see a book there and I see writing in the book. Interesting. Yeah. Like a nice. lot of the, a lot of the tablets, like the Emerald tablets and all the, the even the 10 commandments, stuff like that. Like um, I feel like they're all, they're all keys to these libraries and they hold information and it's all, they're all one, you know, they're all related. And some of them, some of them are in like cuneiform writing and stuff like that predates the hieroglyphs. So it's interesting mm-hmm. to, like, to see where this information stems from, how far back it actually goes, because it was, it, it, it predates humans, you know, by a long shot. Mm-hmm. Definitely. And each one has an individual, their own soul, like record. So you have one, I have one. Also animal souls have them. Uh, locations have them, uh, even trees. Right. So it's just a record for everything yep. in the Akashic records, an individual record. Now, would you? This is more like a universal information, not just human and earthly. Oh no! Yeah, it's, it's any soul that's been created in this universe, or even other universes. If it's if a soul's ever been created and they never die, then um, their information is in the Akashic records. So the records are vast. <laughs> wow yeah yeah <laughs> i can imagine yeah so you started doing readings uh you were having success i imagine because you're still here doing this today mm-hmm. um now is this you do you get information more on like past lives um is is that which like what kind of information comes through during a typical session for an individual um well, I, I tend to do my research ahead of time. So I would, you know, someone be give me their information, allow me, give me um, permission to access their soul record. Because I can't be nosy and just, you know, without someone's express commission, uh, permission to do so. So they give me permission and then I do my research. And I like to do it on my own just because I can like, it gives me space to ask more questions because I, I tend to be very detailed. Um, and then I kind of review my findings with the client afterwards. Um, and answer their questions. But um, I do very involved. I'm a details girl. So I like to do very involved and deep 
also my psychology background and that deep desire to, to really understand. So I'll find out how old your soul is, I mean, how long it's been incarnating and doing its, its journey, um, where uh, you uh, chose to have your first incarnations, whether you're a starseed or not, and if you are, where. Um, if you have a secondary, I'll find that. Certain trainings you've undergone. Um, I do do some past life stuff. Um, you know, how long you've been coming here. Um, also kind of uh, life lessons and stuff that you're learning in this lifetime. So it's a lot of information. It's a tremendous amount. Yeah, I think it's important to understand the origins of our soul, like where we mm -hmm. come from, because I mean, that's the whole that's the whole game the, of the cabal. They want to suppress not knowing where we came from, because, you know, mm -hmm. you, if you don't know where you came from, you're never going to know mm -hmm. where you're going. You're never going to get where you're supposed to go, I should say. Mm -hmm. um, so it's all part of the trap. So I think understanding that is key. And that unlocks a lot of things for people when yes. you know it helps make things in your current life are all tied into your past lives. And when mm -hmm. you understand that, sometimes everything makes so much more sense. Yes, yes. And it also kind of gets rid of that fear and that uncertainty that we all kind of have or we're kind of um, manipulated to having in this world, you know, so it, it kind yeah. of relieves that fear and of, you know, death and, and you know, what's going to come next and and all that good stuff. So it's a very empowering thing, you know, knowledge, have that knowledge about yourself. Right. For sure. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so as far as, man, there's so many questions. <laughs> uh, the, I'm, I'm curious more about the actual library. Like you were shown a place uh, that, and, and they were even, you were even taken to a room. Mm -hmm. uh, like, would this exist in another dimension? Is it something in inner earth, like a place we can access? Um, people can access it obviously we can't physically access it it's like i can't in my earth body i can't walk in there um but i'm just told it's a physical library that there's a portal in the ether to go there so i don't know exactly where it is but it's not on a planet it's not on the moon it's just kind of in the ether uh, okay that's interesting because i've heard of actual libraries that exist places here on earth um under well for one under the vatican i've heard of an inner mm -hmm. earth library i've heard of like a crystal library underneath like the greenland area i've heard of venus an island on venus or island a library on uh venus pluto yes. even nibiru apparently like all these places have like records it's interesting to me and i wonder if like um all of that is collectively part of the akashic or if it's something separate well, I think that it might be separate. I can't speak to all the ones you talked about, but I do know that there's a library on the planet Alderman um, that kind of deals with their creation aspects and some of their um, information based on kind of their own history and how they do things and how they create. They're kind of a major creative force in our universe, these, these beings. And so I know that's called the Imperial Records and I, or they have me call it the Imperial Records and that's I know that's there, um, but I'm told that the Akashic Records is not on a place per se. So perhaps um, it, there could be some information, but it also it could be very regional versus whereas the Akashic Records is like multi-universal or all. Right. Um, mm. This might be more regional or planetary, if you will. Right. In nature. I've had it described to me before, like even our own knowledge, like everything, it doesn't exist in our brain it's actually like in a field surrounding us and we tap mm -hmm. into that and pull it in and i feel like maybe the akashic is right there in that same field we just have to know how to access it 
or something along those lines. Yeah, I think we'll also to our higher selves, our spirit guides could be also feeding us that information because our higher selves are uh, connected to the uh, collective unconsciousness. That's kind of like the apex. I had to call it the apex of our soul. That's the dimension of us. It's still on, on spirit side, if you will, and connected to that universal. So I think a lot of times that information comes through the a higher self, it's still anchored there, and also it or your spirit guides as well. Right. Aaron, you could be you... getting some from the Akashic Records, sure, but I think there's other ways to get that information sometimes. Were you going to say something, Aaron? Oh, I was just saying the morphogenic field. Oh, okay. A lot of people term it. Yeah. Oh, okay. That's Whereas, like, like, so like our minds are, like you said, it's not in our brain. Our brains are as a receiver for it. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's why the things like the hundredth monkey effect are a thing because we're all sharing the same field of a mind, you know, essentially. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, same cool. reason, same reason why an idea hits the collective and, and all of a sudden you have people all over the world yeah. getting the same idea for something. Yep. And um, exactly. I know David Wilcock has talked Same about thing. that in the past, but uh, that's that happens all the time. Like you have an idea, I'm like, hey, that person stole mm. my idea. Yeah. Well, it's out there, and and, yeah. and if you're yeah. at the nope. and the, the right field. person, the right person's going to grab it and do something about it. Yeah, the person next exactly. to them might grab it and like, oh, that's interesting, but not doing it, they won't act on it. So it's it's exactly. all very interesting. Mm-hmm. For sure. I think the uh, Akashic Records, though, will have a lot more detailed information than what people just download normally. You know what I yeah. mean? So it's because it's a, a record just on the journey of that one particular soul. So I think there's probably more um, information that's in there. You have to actually access the record to get more detailed and specific stuff mm-hmm. about a soul yeah. in general. Right. Yeah, yeah. And. You mentioned earlier, like tapping into your higher self. And this is something that I was, I've been trying to do for a, a long time. Like, and I really wasn't successful. There's times when I know I've made contact or whatever contact. And I had a session with somebody and she's like, well, you're looking outside of yourself. Your higher self is actually within you, you know, mm-hmm. and, it's just, and it's so simple, but I was, every time I would try to communicate with my higher self, I'm going like out in the space or something. <laughs> yeah. And, yeah. and just that simple tidbit of information, which I know is going to be helpful to people out there who are learning this stuff. Like it was explained to me that it exists in like the high heart. And like, if you just tap into that area, you can tap into your higher self and get that information and, and have a conversation that way. I just thought I'd throw that out there because that was actually really helpful for me. And it's changed the game for me as far as like having those conversations. Well, we've been told always it's outside us. It's outside us. It's not inside us. No, no. To say that you are, you know, a, a part of God or something like that is like wrong, wrong to say, you know, of course you're not God, you know, but that's where our souls are made of. It's literally pieces of source energy broken off and starting a journey. Mm-hmm. So when they exactly. say we're all one, we truly are because we all come from the same origins. Um, but the, uh, the journey that we choose is what makes me, me, you, you, and everyone different. And um, that creates that richness of, of life. Mm-hmm. I agree with that. Absolutely. That's why, yep, exactly. that's why it's, it's so important to remember, like everyone out there is like a mirror to you. And I know people know this, but I think some people need to be reminded because we're always pointing fingers and there's, yes. there's things that we don't like about other people. Yeah. We don't realize like those things that we see in another person we don't like are actually mm-hmm. things about ourselves that we don't like being mirrored back to us. Yeah. And when you can recognize that, you can start to heal that and change that about yourself. And you're even healing like the ancestral lines and stuff and breaking those patterns. 
Yeah. Right. So it's very, uh, it's just something the key to remember. Um, so let's, you've been in contact with a bunch of different soul groups. Mm-hmm. Um, you have a list of them on your website and I'm, yes. every single one of them, I was just extremely fascinated with, cause mm-hmm. some of them, I, I don't really have a concept of, and you've had information come through from those soul groups and mm-hmm. we could probably, I mean, as many as there are, we could probably finish this whole episode out going through those, but, yeah. um, yeah. would you mind sharing any information about like how that happens and who you've been in contact with and what information is coming through? Okay. Um, well, it's interesting. So as soon as I started reading the Akashic records, I was, you know, um, I had a mentor who was kind of helping me because I was automatically reading for other people, which is kind of unusual. Um, but I, you know, I didn't really know what I was doing. So I just I got a mentor to help me along so I could get better and understand some key concepts. Anyways, and so with that, as soon as I started doing that, and then I started reading for just practice people, <laughs> clientele um, to just uh, sharpen my skills, all of a sudden these new beings, new soul groups kept popping up that these people belong to. So it's like they were brought to me to learn. And so the first ones I found were the Aldermans, which I mentioned earlier. Um, and then from there, I found 23 others that have happened. And then I, there are more coming and I haven't even written about all of them and more are contacting me because they want to be known. Uh, so through that, uh, when I find a new place, like maybe I'll read for a client that comes to me and I'll, and they'll be like, um, you don't know this place. It's a new place. It's undiscovered. So then I just try to find it. And then when I find it, I'll pull the record for that, um, planet realm world, whatever you want to call it and ask questions to find and get more information. Um, then I'll ask to travel to the location that planet provide, they allow me to go there and then they will interact with the beings I can see what their world looks like and what they look like and then from there I have artists do as realistic drawings as I can to show what they look like wow so it's it's been it's again it's not all on my website I'm still working on it um I don't like to release information publicly until I I feel comfortable with it like I you know I I can talk about it and I kind of know what I'm talking about right um so so that's how that started (laughs) is there any Nice messages or information that's coming through that they're like pushing you to share, or is it? Well, it's more like they, in general, they want to be known. So um, there's like, we have a vast knowledge. The Akashic record readers um, thus far had a vast knowledge of about 23 other groups that would come up in soul readings. Okay. And that was pretty much the status quo. Maybe someone would find another one here and there. And that's fine. That was added to the uh, collection. <laughs> and then, um, but there was like, a, I want to call it like a gatekeeping. They did not want to reveal this other aspect of life here and these other beings because they kind of open up what our universe is all is truly about. And um, it's, uh, they want me to know them, release, you know, tell the public about them, that they exist and kind of what they do. So in general, they, they just want to be known. Some groups have been like, all right, you can know us, but please don't talk about us publicly yet. They're not ready for it. So then I will respect that, of course. And then whenever they're ready, I'll right. release it to the public. So one of them, I wrote down a few that were of interest to me that I don't even know. I'm going to butcher their pronunciation. <laughs> it's okay. Uh, Alpha uh, Duradians. Alpha Duradians. Uh-huh. 
Is that right? And, then, yes. and you have them listed as the creator of our sons. Yes. So that's fascinating to me because mm -hmm. like I've heard that a sun is like a portal and on the other or like on the other side of our sun is a black hole in another universe. And I don't I, I'm just curious, like what kind of information has come through? Well, to sun, uh, sunlight gives life. Right. So it's a, extremely important to creation because it, it maintains life. So it's an you know important aspect for obvious reasons. Um, the Alpha Geradian planet itself is the um, is the generator, if you will, for all the suns in the universe. And whenever new realms are created or new um, solar systems or whatever, these Alpha Geradians um, will work together to create the suns, how it's represented in each realm, and um, how you know it works, and maybe how many, all that good stuff. So they're kind of the responsible ones for suns in general. As far as being a portal, they don't, they've never told me about being a portal. Um, there are portals everywhere. The sun is not really, I don't know why you'd make the sun a portal because you can, there are portals everywhere on all these planets and our, our planet included. Right. Don't, um, don't tell me exactly, don't ask me exactly where they are, but I know that they exist. Oh yeah, they're for sure. Yeah. <laughs> and there are portals on all these other planets and stuff like that too. So I don't know if you need the sun to be a portal. It could be, but for them, they see it as it um, gives and, uh, and maintains life. Right. Well, my understanding of it is that the sun is a portal to other universes. So we have all the portals within our own universe, galaxy, solar system dimension. But then mm -hmm. if you want to, travel different universes that's what so when we have when we find a black hole in our universe mm -hmm. on the other side of that black hole is a sun in another universe oh, okay. apparently and they have yeah they haven't told me that i can check for them uh yeah, and get back to you on it for sure but they've never kind of mentioned it's a portal it's kind of more and this is interesting the alpha audience are interested in being known for what they do but they're not super outgoing they're not they're benevolent but they're not uh uber chatty with me right uh, but or with anyone, uh, they're just kind of that way. They're a little bit guarded, right? Um, but they are interested in uh, people knowing that. So um, there are other, as far as other universes and portals to other universes. Did you read about the Craigs or see that? I did see, yeah, the Craigs. Right? They're <laughs> okay. on. They're they're actually the next one. Of okay. <laughs> Nice. <laughs> so but, speaking of portals to other universes, <laughs> um, the Craigs were brought to me um, by someone else. Uh, they were saying that some group of beings from an undiscovered planet in our universe um, was trying to contact him and he wasn't able to um, ex you know, communicate with them very well. And so uh, I, he asked me, found me, and I was able to communicate with them. That's how I found them. And then I've since read for a few clients that have you know, come from that place and have their origins there. But they um, are the universal blueprint creators. So um, I'm told we have, there are, approximately about 5,000-ish, give or take, universes that are currently in existence. So that's mind-boggling. And when we talk about a universe, we're talking about everything that we know and can see and know that's around us. We have no concept of what another universe necessarily looks like or entails. It's completely outside our, our scientific and knowledge. Right. Um, and, it has, can, and it literally has a different blueprint sometimes where we wouldn't even recognize the way of life, even the shape of the planets, you know? Yeah, it's totally, it's totally different. And it's like, you know, they, um, so anyway, so that is, they have a portal. They're eight there. They call themselves blueprint jumpers. That's not like a job description. It's just an activity, an ability, because I don't think it's easy to tr physically travel to a universe, to another universe. 
Um, you can astral travel, but physically, I think it's, it's difficult. Um, so that's what they're known for because they create the actual base structure of new universes. And I'm told about every 5 billion years, a new universe is created. Um, our universe is a relatively new one. Um, we are not an old universe at all. Uh, but anyway, so they have this portal where you can go jump from, I guess, any universe that currently exists, and they can kind of create their own portals just by drawing it in the sky and it and a portal opens up and they jump in. Mm, very interesting. Very interesting. <laughs> yeah. So they're um, very interesting. Yes. And, and they're everywhere. Right. Because it's like it's such a high level. Right. If you're creating the blueprint, you're kind of overseeing entire universes. So they're like kind of very high level observers right. of Earth and, and every other realm. It's all very fascinating. Um, going back to the sun, just, I mean, right now, like people, like they, almost daily, people are capturing, capturing footage of craft and ships and fleets coming through our sun. That. sun. That, yeah. That's why people say, think it's some sort of portal because where are they coming from? They don't, they, yeah. they don't just reside there. Um, so that's interesting to pay attention to right now, what's happening with that. And then about the multiple universe theory, well, I think it's not theory, but um, Peter Maxwell Slattery talks about in his books, the Shiji books, which is like channel Pleiadian information, talks about, you know, the whole purpose of our ascension is to eventually get back to source. And then once we get back to source, we become our own creator, then therefore we can create our own universe. And he, he explained that's how that process happens. So like ultimate enlightenment is to be able to become your own creator and design your own universe. So I wonder how that would corroborate with the Craig's information. Yeah, I don't, I don't know, but the Craig's were not known until recently. I don't know when William wrote right. that book. Um, so uh, again, the Craig's were not known. The fact that there's a race or a group of beings that do this and that's their responsibility was not known until literally three weeks ago. Right. I, like it is <laughs> new. Nice. Right. It's new to me. Yeah. yeah. Never... So um and you know I've, I've communicated with them. They're very communicative. They're 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 there and I've read for uh clients and they resonate with that information and stuff that I, you know, so it's um it's a real thing. So I think um I mean, creating our own universe, we are all creators anyways. Sure, the more enlightened we get, the further along we get in our spiritual evolution, if you will, we are going to be able to create what we want like that. Right. Um, so creating your own universe, I think maybe that's what he means, being a manifester, an instant manifester. Sure, mm -hmm. that's great. And that can happen. And we have that ability inside us. It's just reaching that point. Right. Um, so, but I think as far as uh, the mechanics of both realm and universal uh, creation is uh, very mechanical and done uh, by beings, specific beings with specific jobs. And we call the realm creators blueprinters. I don't know if you've ever heard that term before. Um, no, but it's fascinating. So do you think that means like earth was, um, was built, constructed instead of formed naturally? Like the planets, were they part of some big bang explosion and it happened over millions of years through a cycle or was there a group out there that like literally terraformed our planet and created the mountains and the rivers and the lakes uh yes uh there are a group of beings that do that and um i'll explain the blueprinter concept um for you so when we do akashic record readings right with clients and stuff like that um they'll come up as a blueprinter oftentimes and what that means is they have a very specific job description uh, that uh that they did to help to create this realm. 
Okay, so there were six previously known blue printer subgroups or job descriptions, I like to call them. Uh, I found a seventh, they're called blueprint coordinators. Um, but so these are beings that have had training on the other side to do creation. And it's very specific, like they'll create, they'll learn creation of a very specific thing. And then they come and they actually do their work uh, to actually create it. So uh, the big picture ones generally um, that are well known are blueprint uh, originators. They're kind of the structural, big picture structural engineers of our realm. You got blueprint designers, which kind of are souls from other planets that came in and did the job to um, make the mountains look pretty, make you know the the uh, rivers and streams look pretty, kind of all the um, you know pretty things, making it look pretty. Then we have the blueprint technicians, were like the engineers, the kind of the more mechanical engineers for the smaller aspects. Then you have like blueprint translators and deliverers and changers, and they come up all the time. And they continue to come here because it's their job to oversee their creation for the first leg of Earth's evolution, which we are finishing up. That's extremely <laughs> fascinating to me. Um, Jacques Doubleday, who we've had on the show before, he that's his entire field of research right now. It shifted from geology to realizing, wait, this planet was terraformed. And he sees evidence of this when he looks at mountains and riverbeds and stuff. He's like, this isn't geology he's like this isn't natural this was constructed and like it's a very 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 hard concept for the masses to oh, yeah. accept so he, he receives a lot of backlash in the scientific community because of his theories but um i think he'll appreciate this information coming through because it helps validate what he's trying to explain with the physical information the tangible stuff that we see yeah yeah and then well in the blueprint um coordinators, which I discovered, um, they are like uh, very, high, very high level creators. And they're like, they've had a lot of different realm creation jobs under their belt. And then they, they were uh, asked to do this. And they're like the general contractors of earth <laughs> for lack of a better term. And then everyone else is a subcontractor. So we put it in earthly terms like that. So there's, yeah, I mean, it's, and then the Craigs just do the structure of universes only. Right. They're the Craigs list of the universe. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I'm sure they'll love that. Yeah. <laughs> um, Aaron, did you have anything to add before we move on? No. Um, no, that was all great. Oh, that was easy. All right. So <laughs> let's get into the Gamma Phoenicians, the realm of the dragons. I hear a lot of okay. people, I hear the dragons coming up a lot, white dragons. Like everyone's talk, tapping into the dragon energy right now. So, uh, what, do you know about that? Um, okay, so they are um, the the seed of the dragon race. Okay, they're still there. They're very high dimensional. They're in the twelfth dimension. Um, they are a very neutral group. Um, they're probably one of the most neutral realm in the universe. Um, so they kind of bring forth those energies of neutrality. Uh, they were very interested in the creation of Earth as it was happening. Um, they're not really blueprinters, but they came here in their actually Gamma Phoenician body, not like a soul, like a starseed soul in a human body. They actually came as their Gamma Phoenician selves, the dragons, and they were um, there and they helped the blueprinters create this realm. And they just saw a lot of um, hope and promise for Earth and they were very excited. And it kind of reminds them of their home world, I'm told. Um, and they 
want to come back. They had to leave, I guess, about 50,000 years ago. Um, and their souls as starseeds occasionally come here. They're not very common here. Um, but they are, so anyone who's tapping into dragon energy and the dragons, they're really communicating with the Gamma Phoenicians. And um, they are very, very, they are very interested and we're really pushy in a good way. They're very friendly to bring forth their information. They really want it to be known. And their hope is that at some point they know it's a ways off, that they can come back again in their Gamma Phoenician form. That would be beautiful. And it's good to, it's good to share that information because there's this concept of like any dragon or serpent being or anything is all negative because of the yeah. reptilian aspect of it. But I do hear people like anytime they hear dragon or something, they just automatically think it's mm -hmm. like some negative beast or something, how it is depicted a lot in our, our folklore and myth and legend and all that stuff. So it's understandable, but that's, that's also programming. And obviously there's duality. So there's both, you know, it's not like it's both. there's, there's no, not every human is, benevolent you know and it's the same with every race out there i would imagine uh but it's good to hear that there is a benevolent oh yeah there's, that there's information about this this group because mm -hmm. uh, it takes some of the fear away that's surrounding it yeah they're they're definitely they're they're they want to they've already are helping like those those people who are working with them but they want to help more they're really chomping at the bit to help <laughs> right <laughs> if you will nice. so right that's awesome um Next group. <laughs> um, <laughs> so I guess would it be Regulus? Is that how you say it? Uh, um, Regulus, uh -huh, the Regulus. The the realm of alternating existence. Um, explain yeah. that, please. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, so this group was very wary <laughs> of communicating with me or being known. They actually initially blocked me from reading their record. They blocked me from going there for a while. Um, it came up because I had a client that was from there. I've since had several, but it was, they just, they were very, they're very uncomfortable. They just don't really enjoy interacting because they've been burned with these low dimensional, 3D dimensional earthlings. They're just not interested in it. So anyways, um, they were somewhat coming to me um, to show their displeasure. And they were looking to me like almost like a white outline of a face, like they were non-physical beings. And, um, and I got also that they were like elves. And I was like, but I was we were kind of seeing like an elf beings, but it was like a physical world. It wasn't a non-physical. So anyways, um, they are a non-physical group of beings, meaning they are not like we're physical, right? We are flesh and blood. Mm -hmm. They can disappear, be invisible, and as well as our whole realm can be. <laughs> and there's a lot of realms and beings in our universe and universes beyond that are non-physical. They live life in this non-physical form. Uh, anyway, so and then they can also be physical when they want to. And I find that when they do the non-physical look, it is often because it's, uh, they're unsure and it's a protective measure, right. but other than that, they, they are, um, elves essentially. They're small, about two feet tall. Um, they can levitate. They're in the ninth dimension. Um, they have a very sparkly, beautiful realm with a blue sun. They, uh, are now willing to talk to me and stuff, but they're a little standoffish to new people. Now with that realm, you might've already answered this, but would that realm be like overlaid 
in our existence? Like, would we be able to like just tap? Is it another dimension essentially here? Or is this out somewhere else out there? Uh, I see it, how it's shown to me. And again, I'm just also an earth being that's trying to figure this out and understand it in our own consciousness and what we can understand some of this stuff. But I get it. It's on um, Alpha Leonis. It's actually on a planet. Okay. So this is their planet there. I don't believe it's like a realm outside us. No. Right. So there's a episode of Stargate SG-1. Um, and I think the first season where they go to a planet that it's, they encounter a race exactly like what you're describing as far as they're able to like cloak their entire, not themselves, mm-hmm. but their entire existence, even their realm, cities, yeah. you know, their realm and everything. Yeah. And, but they can appear if they want to. Mm-hmm. And so they were existing on this planet with this other race that didn't even know that they existed on that planet. Oh, which is, interesting. So that that's why I, I think that's there's probably versions of that happening here. Well, they're elementals, which might right. have a connection, right? We have like fairies and stuff. Like, although the Reiklins don't have wings. They don't look like fairies. I just call them elven people. They look more elven right. than fairies. But uh, yeah, there's an ele- element of the elementals here um, and that kind of thing. But their realm is another planet. And um, they, I don't think, would come here. They're not actually very interested in Earth right? at all. <laughs> Right. I mean, <laughs> a lot are. It's surprising. You think, well, how are we even interesting right, to them? <laughs> but we are. And we're very important. Earth is very important. And the people on Earth are very important. Oh, yeah. um, mm-hmm. But uh, they are less interested. Yeah. Compared to other soul groups. I've heard yeah. that. I've heard it explained like Earth would be like Disneyland to some of these other races because some some of these higher, I guess, density beings um live a more i guess you could say boring lifestyle um to where like they they don't live on a free will planet where anything goes so it's very interesting to them down here because things happen here on earth that don't happen anywhere else oh yeah Mm -hmm. and that's that's why uh that's why there's such an interest for certain groups i think well yeah and earth is also really important so if we if earth goes to the dark side which is you know got close it would throw off the whole balance of the whole universe. So mm-hmm. the the mm-hmm. the really the balance and balance is very important. So the dark will always exist along with the light. It kind of has to. And every every universe has a dark and a light. Right. That's no different. Um, some obviously are too high dimensional. The dark can't even go there. So like when a new place like Earth is created, it's like low hanging fruit for the dark. Right. Mm-hmm. So and some have been overtaken right by the dark, and some have been destroyed. Some you know planets, um, but. There's only so much darkness that's allowed in a certain, and it'll tip the scales into a, a bad, you know, an undesirable outcome. And so they, uh, it's very important. So Earth is kind of in the middle of that. So we can, it can't fail. It can't fall. Right. That, According that's to a, them. Yeah. That's a beautiful analogy too. The, the low hanging fruit for the dark. I love that. Um, mm-hmm. It's a perfect way to paint a picture of what's happening right now. And yeah, I agree with you wholeheartedly, 100%. Like, it's crucial that we pull through right now. Mm-hmm. And I believe that we are. Um, like you said, it was it, they, they were getting close, but obviously there's plans in place to stop that. And that's what we're seeing play out right now. And that's where everything looks so chaotic. It's the end of a cycle that existed for, you know, eons. And, and now we're not, we're breaking through and moving forward. So that's good news. Yeah, it is. Um, the Gamma Nihals, felines, um, what, what who are they? <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Um, so uh, Akashic Record readers are very familiar with, um, those of you who have starseed readings, the Nihals. And they're from the planet Beta Leporis in the Lepus constellation. Um, and they look like us. They, I have a picture of them side by side. They're kind of like blonde, curly haired versions of humans. Um, they are like in the seventh dimension or something like that. And they're very like, they love their technology. Anyway, so um, what came to me was that there is another realm in the Lepus constellation on Gamma Leporis. That's the actual name of the star or planet. Uh, but they like to be called, they told me, Gamma Nihals. That's how they prefer to be referred to. And um, they are, I'm told, a genetic co or genetic combination between the Nihals, which are very human-like, and the Lyrans, which are also feline. Um, but they are a slightly higher dimensional realm than the Nihals. And they're also very, um, so some realms are very technology-based, and they really embrace that technology. And others are like, no, we don't really like technology. We like a more natural realm. We like to use the natural earth energy and that kind of thing. So the Gamma Nihals are kind of more of a um, natural, they focus more on the natural energies versus, you know, uh, doing technology. I like that. That's where I'm at. I, I <laughs> Yeah, me too. Seriously, like take all these towers down, take it all away. Like we yeah. can, we can do it all without it, you know, mm -hmm. and, and be so much happier. Uh, and that, yeah, that's, I agree with that. I like that a lot. Um, oh man, there's so many. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, the Alkies, the realm of creation and energy. Oh, okay. That's an interesting group. Mm-hmm. Um, what can you tell us about them? Okay, so um, I happened upon them. Uh, they are from the crater constellation, and their star is called, the scientific name is Alpha Craterus. And um, they are, um, they like to name Alkies, I call them Alkians, because that's the Arabic name for their planet. A lot of times they'll prefer to be called that. Um, they are not no longer coming here. They used to come here a lot, um, but in general, they don't come here anymore. They're not allowed to. And they are big time creators in the universe. And they actually also create energy that we have in the atmosphere. So I don't know if you've ever seen it, but I can see it on a clear day. I can look in kind of the blue sky and I can see the actual energy in the air. Hmm. You've ever seen that? It looks to me like, um, like you know, embers when they pop off a flame, but it's not, it's like white against the blue. It's not like a flame and it kind of goes in that circle. And that's actually the natural energy in the ether. And they provide that somehow <laughs> in the, um, in the universe. And so we actually have the, all the energy we need in the ether, free right. energy. Everyone yes. does. Um, of course here, you know, we're, we don't have access to it, but um, yes. they kind of are the, the creator of realms and they are um, also the creator of energy. Mm. So they're very important. I think we do have access to that energy. It's just, we're being so steered away from it. Yeah. We're not allowed to. Yeah. And right, everyone, who, I, yeah. anyone who tries, that's what they get suppressed. And anyone mm. who tries to work on a free till, energy, like till the control system falls. Yeah. Right. It's happening. It's coming. <laughs> right. Yeah, we gotta be patient. <laughs> we're getting, yeah. we're getting to a place where you can do that without having to worry about you know being shut down. Like if you're a mm -hmm. business or a corporation trying to develop a free energy technology by tapping into this energy that already exists, um, 
you get silenced right now or you know your patents don't get accepted they get buried whatever happens if they if they don't kill you yeah yeah it's um, um right it's, so, yeah it's unfortunate but that will that will change but it's there it, as we talk about it, it is there and i can see it sometimes um just right there. I, I bet you we've all on it maybe not but like i'm sure a lot of us have seen that and not known what we were looking at like mm-hmm. you probably see we see stuff every day and that we don't have a, any we don't have a way to describe it or define it like oh that's interesting like i've never seen that in the sky before but we have no idea that it's the literal energy flow of you know mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. So whenever all these groups that you're introduced to, you've been introduced to them through sessions when you're doing readings for people? For the most part, for the most part, except for the Craigs and the Alpians. Okay. So then whenever you whenever you go in for a reading, um, now that now that, that list is getting longer, that that's more groups that you can tap into to get information for an individual, correct? Yes, uh, definitely. Yeah. So, I mean, uh, they're not, again, this is like, it was like, like, it's like a gatekeeping. It was like, they just didn't allow this information to be released until now. And so um, they tell me it's allowed to be released now because of, uh, they feel enough people on earth are open to this next level of information. Um, And also it was my contract prior to my incarnation to reveal this information and find it. Um, So yes, I I can, because oftentimes another reader will not get this information because it's unknown to them and it wasn't allowed to be revealed at that time. So yes, I mean, I I read for clients that have already known, Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know, realms uh, are, you know, soul origins and obviously the ones that aren't known, only I know. Right. I I think that's, that's kind of what's happening across the board right now is, the re- we're just now getting access to all this information because we're gonna we're at a place where we will be able to comprehend it now and understand mm-hmm. it. Um, even when you go in and have a personal session with somebody, and then you come back a year later, and all this new information comes through, it was there for the first session, but you weren't ready for it. Your level of awareness wouldn't have been able to accept what was being told to you or given yeah. to you. So. And that's what's happening. This is a good sign. This information is coming yes. through now because this is a collective now. Mm-hmm. This is the collective is ready for this information. And like you, I think your website says, like your job is to make the spiritual world easier to understand. And and that's exactly what this is doing now. Like it's taking all these unknowns out of the equation. And we have a label. We and as humans, we like to label things, but it actually helps our understanding process. Mm-hmm. So I think it's great, actually, what you're doing. Yeah, it's been very interesting. It's fascinating. All right. Um, so we have the, I'm going to get this one wrong. <laughs> uh, the Zavi Javins. Zavi Javins. Zavi Javins. Mm-hmm. The Masters of Enlightenment. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. This, re- this reminds me of like a monk or something. <laughs> kind of. Kind of. Um, so when we talked about, okay, so Zavi Java and Alpha Doradus and another place called Anka and the Craigs actually are the highest dimensional realms that we have in our universe. Other universes have even higher dimensional realms, but they have been around longer and have had longer times, you know, longer to ascend and time to ascend to higher, greater heights. Um, so Zavi Javans created the codes for enlightenment. Um, they are a realm that's completely non-physical. Okay, so um, let me explain this. So we 
All right, so obviously when we take on an Earth lifetime, we can be different races, genders, we can live in different places, and there's really a huge variety of different ways life can go and can be expressed, right? I mean, a lot, it's a lot, but that's really only just like a little bit. There's like all such more ways that life can be expressed in the universe. And so the Zavi Javans kind of have that kind of alternate way of existing. So they are light beings, okay? They are in their uh, form, they are a gold orb of light that levitates in a black shapeless realm. I did go there a few times as to travel and I was walking around and I was like, well, there are just these or golden orbs that sit there all the time. It doesn't seem super interesting. Um, and uh, the orb can change to an outline of any kind of shape they want. Oftentimes they will show me the shape of like a meditating, a levitating kind of meditating human shape. Mm. Um, and then their um, all their chakras are shown and it's, uh, it's totally open and out and fully balanced. That's how they show it to me. So that is what they look like from the exterior view. <laughs> when you, but their lives are all internal. So when they pulled me in to their internal world, again, this is all a projection, an internal projection, not an external projection. They make themselves look like humans and they look solid, but they're not. There is no brick and mortar. There's no solid. There's no, nothing, um, <laughs> nothing real in what they yeah. show me yeah inside so it's all you know probably if i was arcturian maybe uh astral traveling to zombie job and they may appear as they were uh, arcturians just to like hey it's like a way of saying hi how are you we're like you welcome right it's a common um, ground yeah they find a common ground so you can so they can relate yeah exactly and they are the happiest realm <laughs> in the universe they are um really happy they love to dance uh they they're doing great um and they're they're in the 15th dimension um and i do communicate with them probably a lot wow so whenever we see like golden orbs and stuff like that could it be them or or like because we see orbs are caught all the time and that's that's, I think there's a very broad spectrum on what orbs are and what they could be. And yeah. it could be a number of things. I wonder if like some of the orbs other captured are specifically them. They, um, no, they don't come here. Um, okay. They, if and they do, or they do care about earth. They want to help. But what they do is um, their job primarily is to maintain balance in the entire universe. So they got their hands full. Right. Um, stars and star seeds do incarnate here into earthly bodies to help or to experience stuff um that's not super common but they do um but they are uh they'll send energies they'll um create tools and have them dropped off here mm. but i don't believe an orb if you see a gold orb i don't believe that's going to be a zombie job and floating around i don't think they they come here right they don't need to they can help from where they are remotely mm. right but the orbs are probably something similar happen happening with another race oh could be yes it could be yes Mm -hmm. for sure yeah i mean that's that's fascinating to me because if you capture them sometimes like it's like a highway i mean they're just going through walls in and out of yeah Mm -hmm. and it's like i've seen footage i've seen with my own eyes actually and um like uh, up at East Seti Ranch, like if they have an infrared light facing the field and then you look at the infrared right light with night vision goggles, essentially you're seeing into the fourth dimension and you see things that you just will never see with your naked eye. Aaron, you that were there. Night when there was like yeah. thousands and thousands of orbs. 
It was the most flying incredible. all over the field there. It was crazy. I mean, they could be earthbound spirits as well. They could be elemental spirits as well. Sure. It could be some sort of extraterrestrial coming as well. It's, it's entirely possible. That's why I say it's a very broad spectrum. It could be anything or all of it. Like, yeah. It, mm-hmm. um, that's one of those things, I guess we'll just find out one day. Yeah. <laughs> Um, more yeah. to revealed it's interesting <laughs> to me you say they like drop off tools like explain like what kind of tool would they give us like uh um, well you from? okay so they'll send energies like helpful energies to us um and other places too i mean they're obviously concerned with the entire universe not just earth but earth is obviously very important right now um they uh they will have created uh tools like crystals and stuff like that. So for instance, I mean, they had them kind of dropped off on earth. So they created like Shungite. Nice. They created that and that totally balances us, right? And when you ask what chakras do the, does the Shungite work on, it works on all of them, all seven. So um, that was a tool that they gave us. Um, they created a tool um, called the blue striped euclase. Um, and that is a uh, kind of a rare crystal, but it's a crystal that's here that we can use. So for those that want to use those tools. So whenever we are the, um, there's a high vibrational um, crystal from somewhere, outer space, they say. Well, yeah, a lot of them come from these realms that we just discovered. And wow. they were given to us. Wow. And nice. yeah, crystals are extremely fascinating. Um, like, that crystal library I've heard people talk about like it's crystals hold all this information and it's mm-hmm. like, it's a, they, they store data. And if you know how to charge them properly and activate them, you can access that. And it's just another form of a library. So not only do they help heal us and balance us, but they're also storing information that can actually help our evolution as well. Yeah. And you can, if you, some people can talk to crystals, I can talk to crystals. It's like you're tapping right. into their consciousness and able to talk to them. Some people can do that very easily and naturally, and they don't realize uh-huh. it. <laughs> yeah. I've, I've, I've seen that. I've heard people, Jason quit yeah. talked about that. I mean, mm-hmm. other, it's very real. It's very real. And, um, you so said you can ask it a question, put it under your pillow when you sleep at night and you might have a dream where you get the answer to the question. Yeah, I mean, it's, it all depends on how um, information gets to you, right, from your mm-hmm. higher self, too, and, and how some, we all are kind of oriented a little differently. Like, right. some of us will get a lot of information from dreaming, and some of us know it's more clear audiently. So it can it can come in any different way, depending on yeah. how you're oriented to receive it. But yeah, I mean, that's totally a way to do it, too. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. Well, I think ways like that, what Aaron just described, is is good for people just getting into this, who don't know, like, like let's face it, we were all at the point where, like, we didn't know what the hell was going on. We didn't know how to access any of this stuff. And when we're learning about it, we were trying to figure it out. So when you have the simple tools like that, like you can ask a crystal crystal question, put it under your pillow, anyone can do that. Mm-hmm. And that'll mm-hmm. lead to the next step for that person. But it's yeah. good to go back to those simple modalities um, to kickstart or initiate that process of having that communication. Yeah, I mean, it's, it, these are all these are all tools. Not everyone wants to use that tool or doesn't work great for them. Some people it works great for it's fine. It's just a tool, and they do give it because they, um, right. you know, um, they want to help us. Right. So they're not dropping off like power saws and hammers and stuff. <laughs> no, <laughs> not that I'm aware of. At yeah. least I don't know. <laughs> um, you already have those. Yeah, yeah. yeah I know. We don't, we don't need more of those. I'm the same. <laughs> uh, 
it's interesting you you mentioned all the different races on this planet. When I look around and see all different races, I just see different star star groups, different ET races. Mm -hmm. And like the way it's been described is that like each race was like a different genetic experience. Each eth each ethnicity is like a what am I trying to say? Different genetic experiment from a different race. So that's why we all look so different and diverse, but we're all human because, and then that's why all the original religions were put into place so that each experiment wouldn't contaminate each other. So you weren't allowed to marry outside of religion and stuff because each group was experimenting on the humans. And that's why we all look so different because we have DNA literally from different places in the universe. Uh, that's very fascinating to me. So when I look around at all these people, I just like wonder what star system you're from, what star system you're from, you know what I mean? It, well, it's, it's yeah, I mean, it's very interesting. I, well, okay, so when I go to these other high dimensional places or even these other places and the ones I've been to and see the beings there and really get a good look at them, they don't have the variety of appearance. I have not seen a variety of appearance that we have here. Right. Mm -hmm. And so I think... The fact that we're here in a low dimensional place and we have this wide variety of appearances, physical appearances, that that creates that separation and people are perceiving a separate, even though we're not separate. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? So it's kind of, I just find it interesting that I'm not seeing a huge variety of different races on other planets because they all right. kind of look the same. Um, you know, they're similar looking. So uh, I just think that's kind of interesting too. And that's probably a part of being here, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. You look a certain way. And so some group that looks different from you is going to be like, well, you're different. I don't like you because you look, you know, something like that. And so that's kind of an extra layer. It's part of the, the healing and the growing process, like, mm -hmm. like getting past that duality, like we're all here to learn lessons. So there's a lesson in that understanding that this person that looks completely different from, from you lives on the other side of the world is actually the same as you. And, mm -hmm. and obviously the propaganda is, you know, they, they, they they're creating racism you know yes uh intentionally to keep us all separate so we never unite but um yeah i think it's part of being here like you said it's part of the lesson of earth uh is is getting past that duality yeah. <clears throat> mm -hmm. the ankins mm -hmm. beings who work with source energy you're up <laughs> okay <laughs> All right, so the Ankins are, um, all right, so they were the first realm that was created in this universe, okay? And it's the home base, the planet is uh, in the um, Phoenix constellation. It is the uh, home base for source energy. And source energy to me just looks like a giant ball of white light, like unbelievably bright white light. And it's in there. I believe is their main city. My term for it is crystal city. Doesn't mean that's what they call it. I don't think they call it crystal city, but to me, it looks like all these buildings that look like clear quartz crystal with light, white light shining from out of them. That's what it looks like to me. And source is there. And that's where the release of new souls happens. And a lot of soul trainings can happen on Anka. And um, the Ankins are a physical realm. They're in the 15th dimension. Um, they don't come here in a human body or as a star seed um, on their own. They'll come here only if they were a blueprinter. They helped create this realm in some way and they're kind of obligated to come here. Or they have a secondary realm that they um, have also spent a lot of time in and relate to and will follow their mission if they come here. 
but onkids on their own don't come down here. It's just, it's kind of just too dense. But interestingly enough, um, the planet where, where God lives, essentially, um, they're all, they all look like frogs. Yeah. Um, humanoid frogs. Wow. So they don't like being called frogs. That would explain the <laughs> Pepe. Yes. And, and why that's such a threat to the dark. Uh-huh. Yeah, there you go. I'm there serious. You go. Yeah, really no, works. I know. That's no coincidence that that movement, they don't know why they're using that, but that mm-hmm. is subconsciously, that is why they are using it. And that is why, yes, because that is the realm of, of God, essentially. Wow. Nice. I just got chills. That's very interesting. <laughs> I knew, <clears throat> I mean, I've heard that, I've heard about like, <clears throat> excuse me. Um, like an ancient race here on earth that was like a frog type of being apparently or something. And it was depicted after that, but that obviously the information you just brought, uh, that makes a lot more sense and why it would be used. Like some random person didn't just decide to use a frog. I'm sure that was part of the operation. Well, they tell me the, there's an artist or some cartoonist or something, an animator that created that Pepe character. Because once I found them and I started seeing this Pepe character being used, I'm like, wait a minute, hold on, there's a connection here. So then I looked, uh, or then I asked, I said, well, did this artist know about the Ankins? And I, they got no, subconsciously they gave him the information. So he would create that character and that character would be subconsciously led to be picked up for that movement. I think that happens nice. all over the place mm-hmm. in our movies, comic books, whatever yeah. it is, artwork. And mm-hmm. I think uh, even a lot of disclosure that we see in movies, some people think, oh, it's like CIA is giving them a script. Sometimes it really Sometimes is, it the, is the artist like getting these ideas, but they're being given to them. And it's real information that they think they're imagining, but yeah. it's actually something real. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's where a lot of disclosure comes from also, but then yeah. other times like, yeah, George Lucas or somebody will be handed a script and be like, Hey, here's your movie or Steven yeah. Spielberg, Steven Spielberg. Make that. You know? Yeah. Right. Um, yeah. apparently that's what happened with close encounters of the third kind, Steven Spielberg. He, he checked into a hotel and, and wrote the script in like three days, record time. Usually, oh, wow. take, usually uh-huh. it takes, usually it takes months. Right. And yeah. then there's like 10, 12, like mm-hmm. rewrites and edits. Apparently there was no rewrites, like, and he came out of the hotel three days later with the script for the movie. And there's a whole, there's a lot of information surrounding that movie, but there's a lot of disclosure there, you know? Yeah. Well, also they just goes into how they want. And, you know, also they're trying to frame what humans that watching that movie think about extraterrestrials they want to be in control of that narrative um so uh yeah it's very interesting i didn't know that you know he wrote it in three days (laughs) right and like it's almost like he didn't write quote unquote wrote it in three days yeah Mm -hmm. if he even wrote it yeah yeah and the the entire movie was filmed on a military base which is interesting yeah it's very interesting and even steven spielberg himself couldn't get through the gate without his badge even though he was a director like apparently he was turned away like if he didn't have his really? badge, like, no, you, you cannot come in here without your badge. Yeah. And so it's like, there is a lot of interesting stuff surrounding that movie. Anyway, sorry to go on. Yeah, that, no, that is interesting. I didn't know that. Thank you um, for telling me. Uh, actually, it's all in this book right here. The book I always refer to, The Secret Journey to Planet Serpo. Mm-hmm. There's, a oh, whole, okay. there's a whole chapter on uh, that movie, actually. Because apparently that movie is disclosure of an actual journey that President Kennedy... Uh, 
okayed for uh, 10 or 12 astronauts to go spend 10 years on another planet, whatever, blah, blah, blah. And that movie uh, at the very end scene when they're all 12 astronauts are boarding the ship is apparently like that direct disclosure of that actual journey, that mission. Oh, interesting. Okay, cool. Anyway, tangent over. Um, <laughs> so we can go on and on with these races, which is uh -huh. absolutely fascinating. But is there any any in particular that we haven't covered that you'd like to share with us? Um, no, I don't know. I think we got a good uh, sampling of them. Um, you know, all the ones that I've written about this right can be found on my website, including the pictures of the beings and everything like that. So people can kind of see what we're talking about. Right. So um, let people know what your website is and how they can book a session with you and all that stuff, please. Okay. Yeah. Um, so I'm at uh, akashic-records-readings-plural.com. You can also just put type in Akashic Record, which is singular, .net, and it'll also bring you to the same place. So they can find, you know, I'm always writing new stuff, um, you know, putting, posting that. I, I tend to focus mostly, mostly on new things that I'm, you know, releasing and information. And then from there, they can contact me um, or they could uh, book a reading should they want to. Awesome. Yeah. Nice. Obviously, I, I mean, I think after, after seeing this, people are going to be interested. So uh, expect to be, you know people reaching have people reaching out to you. uh one more that i forgot to get that i actually had written down was the the alkibans the I, and I alchibans alchibans okay uh -huh. yeah. it's yeah. okay uh, um so they're in the corvus constellation the crow constellation um i think it's alpha corvi i can't remember if it's alpha or delta um that's their planet that they're on um the arabic name is alchiba they prefer to be called that so some groups have had a lot of problems with other groups or um, kind of had issues like Earth has had in their past and it's created wars and stuff like that. And so some have decided to create a response to that by isolating themselves. So um, they will not allow other souls possibly to incarnate on their planet. So if you are a Nihal soul group, soul, you cannot incarnate on Alchiba. They will not allow it. They only allow other Alchibans, <laughs> star seeds, to incarnate there. And if you decide, I want to leave, I don't want to incarnate there anymore, you can never come back. You have to adopt another place. So that's how their way um, of kind of dealing with the problem. Uh, they're a benevolent group. They are um, Again, not super chatty. Obviously, there's like a, some wariness there, but they allowed me to write about them and talk about them. Um, they do allow very, very, very trusted members of their society and their group to come to Earth and um, do blueprinter work. Interesting. So um, on Earth. So and then they, but they, and with that, they also get information from these people these, uh, who are incarnated here. They don't know, they're sleeping and they just send it unconsciously. A lot of people are sending information to their soul group um, unconsciously. Right. And so they can get information. So they're interested, but they don't want uh, <laughs> any riffraff there. So um, there's a couple other groups. Um, the Algrab, um, which is also in the Delta Corvée, also is a, uh, is a group that is, uh, we call an isolationist group, as is the Procyons. So whenever you learn about one of these groups, do you sometimes have to go like look up that star system, find out where it's at, or that constellation, find mm -hmm. out where it's at? Like, uh, because obviously some of these aren't very well known no. to the average person. So like it what that, that sends you down a rabbit hole then, yes. you know? 
Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I get that. Yes. I mean, it's, it's a lot of work to understand that, you know, but they want to be known. They're bringing themselves forward to me because they could say something else that they wanted to, if they didn't want me to know about them, where they would block me from finding out about them. They do have that control. You know, I can't force the issue. Um, so, uh, yeah, it's, it's a lot of work and then to have the drawings done, everything like that, and to fully understand, and then I got to test it. Right. So I channel the information and then I got to have those clients that come from that place come to me. So then I can test that what I've channeled to make sure that that resonates with them. That's the only way I can test it. And so I normally won't, um, post anything, um, until I've tested it as much as I can. And sometimes it can take time. Like, so it takes, like, I found out about over a year ago, but I, didn't write about him yet because I was waiting for the, right. the clients from that group to come. Right. Oh, well, that's also the responsible thing to do. Yeah. Um, you don't just want to yeah. be haphazardly sharing misinformation no. and get it wrong, no. you know? Yeah. Um, I mean, it's a work in progress. I can always edit. And if I certainly I might find new information and I'll say I was wrong. Here's the new, but certainly I'm open to that, but I do try to vet the information as best I can. Right. That's smart. Yeah. And that's good. Um, one last thing. Like, what kind of advice would you give to somebody if they wanted to try and tap into the Akashic records themselves? Um, well, everyone has, you know, a right to their own record. It's a different story to read for someone else. Um, I would first start with meditation and see if you connect with your own spirit guides. Um, and through that, I would then ask them, you know, can I access the records? Can you bring me to the records, you know, um, and see, you know, if they will do that. And it's, a, I mean, it's a huge, to read them, properly and thoroughly, you need to have a lot of information about how that works. So it's kind of hard, you know, being someone who doesn't have any information, they're going to try to access. Right. Um, I do read for clients who do read their own records, but they just have a hard time accessing the relevant information. So I do read for them as well. Um, uh, but it's, uh, yeah, so I would say start with meditation, start with trying to connect with your guides and ask them if they will take you there. Mm -hmm. yeah, and then see what I would imagine it's a process. Yeah. Like you're not just going to go out and meditate and like, Oh, there's a library. You know? <laughs> yeah. I mean, maybe somebody will get lucky if they're ready, but yeah. Well, then I was brought there, but I didn't go into like, they took me there, you know? I, um, mm -hmm. So they, but that was, I'd been working in the records for many, many lifetimes uh, right. outside of this one. So it's a natural space. And I guess I agreed to, to do this work. Right. I, th I think that's the case with a lot of people with these gifts right now. Yeah. Um, they've, they've been doing it for lifetimes. That's why they come here with that specific ability. And it's so easy for them where somebody else has to like meditate and eat right mm -hmm. and do all this stuff just to achieve that. Yeah. Um, we all have these natural innate abilities. We're all capable of everything, but we excel in certain areas, just like everything, you know? Yeah. Well, and also it's like in your, that's your job or contract, you're going to need those psychic gifts to be heightened. I mean, we're all psychic to a certain degree. We all have a soul. We all have a connection to a soul. Some of us um, have different levels of it, have different abilities, kind of like some people can play basketball really well or run really fast. Others can't. Mm -hmm. It's kind of that kind of thing. And so it's something that's needed in that lifetime for the work that you're going to be doing. Yeah. And some people are here to do very, like, very tangible terrestrial type things. And they're, they're may not be heightened because it's not necessary for what they're doing. Right. It's not specific to their mission. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. And I and I do think sometimes, even though people strive and they want to have that experience or tap into that ability, if they did that, it would distract them from why they're here and they don't have access to it. They're not allowed to. I think it's it's different for everybody. 
Um, but that's important to remember too, if you really, really want, like, why can't I, you're getting frustrated because you can't do something. Mm -hmm. Maybe it's not, it's not for you. It, you know, you have another reason that you're here and you have another job to do. So. Yeah. And some people are here just to live life and experience and, um, and they are then transmitting that information to right. their star group as well. So it's not, they're, they're, they want them to live like a more quote unquote ordinary or typical, I don't want to say ordinary, but typical mm -hmm. uh, earthly existence, because it's from that. It's so also too, when I speak to these groups, um, they have such an intimate knowledge and deep knowledge of us, much more than we even know ourselves. So you think, okay, they're observing us. Sure. And it's one thing to sit in a high dimensional realm and just like observe um, life here. And certainly you can get information that way but they really know what we're feeling and how they know that is because uh, there's souls uh, group members who are in earthly bodies that have been having experiences and they're kind of like experiencers, if you will, they send that emotional data back and uh, they've been doing this for thousands upon thousands upon thousands of years. So they know where we are <laughs> better than we know ourselves. And it's and, amazing. Nice. Right. It is. It is amazing. And unfortunately, the dark controllers of this planet are the same way. They know us better than mm -hmm. we know ourselves. Yeah. That's how they're able to manipulate us the way they are, because mm -hmm. um, they understand how the human works much more than we, than we're, because we're obviously, like I said earlier, we're steered away from that information. Yes. Very and much so. intentionally, because if we knew it, then we, they wouldn't be able to control us. And yeah. um, it's the same way. They know us better than we know ourselves. And that's how manipulation works. Um, wow. Yeah. It's, this has all been very fascinating. Um, thank you so much for joining us. Oh, you're this welcome. Is, thank you for having me. Right. Great. Yeah. Um, obviously, like it seems right now, so much everything's happening. Everything's happening at once. So much information is coming through. People are being activated, and we're just like, like scratching the surface. Um, <clears throat> this information coming through. So it'd be interesting to see six months down the road what you would have to say, you know, and what we all have to say because. Uh, this planet's going to become unrecognizable pretty soon in a good way. Yes. And I believe that there's actually going to be a lot more ET uh, communication. And I think there's going to be a lot more communication with these higher dimensional soul groups, because I feel like I'm being kind of prepped for that, right. like on a larger scale. And so I feel like there's going to be at least, at least in my lifetime, more high level ET communication going on uh, on earth. Yeah. Mm. So I, that's pretty cool. I think that's happening already so. and it's going to keep heightening. Yeah, I agree. Um, uh, any last words from either of you guys before we start wrapping this up? Aaron? No. Aaron? no. <laughs> I know it's going very confusing. Um, yeah. <laughs> a, a Ron or Aaron? <laughs> Um, yeah. No, that's it. I mean, I mean, I, we could go for hours or so right. much more, but right. uh, for this one, <laughs> well, maybe we'll do it again in the future. But we've given, or well, you've given, uh, a, you've given a lot for people to digest. So, yes. mm -hmm. um, let's let people sit with that. Even myself, like, <laughs> like information about these soul yeah. groups is, in particular, fascinating to me, and it resonates. It's very interesting that we're getting this information finally. You know. Yeah. So, thank you for everything you do. Um, let people know your website one more time. Sure. It's akashic-records, plural, dash readings, plural, uh, dot com. Awesome.
Guys, go check out our website. Uh, there's information about a lot of those soul groups on the website, including artist depictions. So it's very interesting. Uh, and you can find information about booking a session there. Uh, thank you all for joining us. Um, again, congratulations to Eddie Flores for winning the Omnia Radiation uh, six-pack. Um, anything else? I don't think so. Thank you guys all for your support, your donations. We love you all. And until next time, have a great evening. Mm -hmm.